Welcome to another installment of Conrad's Car Clinic, a look into the mechanical side of all things automotive on In Wheel Time. Here's Conrad DeLong. All right, uh, time now for Conrad's Car Clinic, and we've kind of been working on a series here, and uh, Conrad, we're going to let him go to town. Yeah, and this is kind of the end of the series, and the series has been about how the Environmental Protection Agency is about to increase the use of ethanol in vehicles, and they're going to approve E15 for use uh, out in the industry. And E15, though it's a good idea, it's not good for your car. You know, ethanol does have a lot of baggage. First, it doesn't have the amount of energy uh, as as gasoline does. It's actually got about 33% less energy in, in than gasoline does. So it, our E10 that we use here in Houston, and it's required by law in Houston because we're an EPA abatement zone, uh, that 10% of ethanol that's in the fuel actually gives you about a mile per gallon drop in your fuel economy and just because it's got the ethanol in it. Because it takes more ethanol. It takes more fuel to create to, the same amount of power. There you go. And then so as they go to E15, it's going to drop a gallon and a, or a mile and a half per gallon or, or more because with the 15% ethanol in it. Uh, the ethanol becomes a problem. And one of the studies that was done by the Royal Society of Chemistry shows the adverse effects on the wear uh, of synthetic oils and uh, standard oils when they become diluted by the fuel dilution. And gasoline dilution is normal in oil, so the oil has to be able to protect itself from the fuel dilution that happens just in the normal combustion process. Well, the more ethanol you add to the fuel, the worse that fuel dilution becomes and the more problems it, it comes. Because if you think of alcohol as something that's going to not just thin the oil out, but it's going to hurt the lubricity features of the oil. So now we're going to add that together and we're going to put even more ethanol in the fuel. Now, E85 cars have a lot of components built into them that are unique because they're E85, and that's great because the car was built to withstand that. So now when we start putting this E15 fuel in our older cars, it's going to create absolute havoc in the industry for people that are driving 2000. 11 and earlier cars that really weren't designed for that level of alcohol in them. Um, as a result, none of the builders of the engines out in the industry right now recommend the use of 15% ethanol. Last week, I talked about how uh, Honda, Mercedes, BMW have all said, Toyota have all said, and Nissan have all said they're not going to warranty E15 usage fe- uh, failures related to E15 fuel usage, and that's going to be a problem for customers as well. So where does this leave us in regard to E15? The bottom line is that as owners, we need to become very concerned and cautious about the lubrication services that we're using on our cars and that manufacturers are recommending. Engine oils are designed for the current marketplace, which is E10 or E0, which really um, the there is no standardized test in the industry for how E15 or even how E85 affects the oil inside your engine. So my recommendation is if you're once we go to E uh, E15 fuel, uh, you need to be changing your oil a lot more frequently. Well, wait a minute, is it going to be mandatory? I mean, we're not going to be able to get uh, uh, E10 anymore. Well, what does the government typically do? They bring things in slowly and then force it on the industry. And I know that the E15, even the E10 fuel today, it wreaks havoc on the classic. Well, especially car yeah, especially with carbureted cars because yes. that it, it evaporates what's in the bowl and the carburetor. It also dries. 
is. You know, you got to look at a lot of these older cars, the rubber hoses that are on them that you need to have on them because that's right. the way it's the standard the is for and also, uh, you know, ethanol attracts moisture, and when you have moisture in the gas tank, it causes uh, fuel problems uh, through the tank and through the filter system and, and the, the corrosion. Right. I belong to an outdoor uh, outboard antique motor 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 club, and you know the tolerances on the carburation on the outboard motor engines, the antique ones, are so small that it's really causing a problem. We used to be able to go to some of the old airports and buy uh, Avgas. Avgas. Now, You Bucky's, can't get on the property because of the uh, TSA laws. Right. Bucky's, I know Bucky's in um, Katy now has ethanol-free gas you can Correct. buy. Correct. And a lot of the so antique gotta, guys are going there and buying it because you have a Duesenberg or a Cord or an old Packard. It pays you the extra money to buy the gas. Then from, repairing it from then ethanol. Then preparing a carburetor or having to take a uh, engine apart because of the wear and tear of the ethanol and the and the um, the water. Exactly, and the and the the water issue is where the corrosion is introduced. Correct. So. Right. Be careful what you're putting in your car. Make sure that you maintain it. And I'm going to tell you, probably if you're using a standard oil or a, uh, a blend oil, change at least every 5,000 miles. If you're using full synthetic, change it at the max 7,500 miles. And don't buy into all of that stuff the manufacturers are telling you about 10,000, 12,000, 15, 25,000-mile oil changes is horse hockey. Conrad's Car Clinic is a copyrighted presentation of In Wheel Time.